Hello and welcome to Finance, Energy and Beyond, brought to you by Stanbrook Consulting, a specialist recruitment consultancy for the finance and energy markets. I'm your host Jack Hopper and in this episode I'm joined by Fumi Williams, Distribution Director at HSBC. Fumi is an inspiration and we talked about black history, representation and how she's taken action. This episode genuinely got me a little bit emotional hearing about how Fumi is impacting so many people and paving the way for more black heritage women in the business. I hope you enjoy. Fumi, welcome. Hi, hi. Great to be here. I'm Fumi Williams. Nice to see you. Nice, well, nice to have you on the podcast for me. It'd be great to, it'd be great for the audience just to know a little bit about yourself. So, uh, what do you do? Where do you work? Let's just know a bit more about you. Sure. So, as I say, I'm Fumi Williams. I work at HSBC uh, in frontline communications. Uh, I'm a distribution director. Uh, essentially, what I do is I look after employee comms uh, right now purely supporting our contact centers so our call centers in the UK um, and that's really a mixture of kind of strategic communications as well as really every single day stuff operation stuff incident management crisis all of that good stuff uh, branding as well um, I've got a very long 10-year career in communications kind of across different organizations and different um, uh, industries as well. So I've worked in uh, commercial real estate. I've worked in tech, uh, of course, now in banking. Um, I've also um, worked in uh, management consultancies. So yeah, comms is kind of taking me everywhere, but uh, it's my bread and butter. How long have you been at HSBC then? So I've been at HSBC on and off for five years. Uh, on and off, I say, because I was at HSBC originally for about three and a half years. Uh, oh. In that time, I did maybe two or three roles. Then I left the business uh, towards the end of 2021. Um, and then I went to Amazon uh, and I did a role there in community engagement. So that was all around kind of helping their people to get engaged in the community, support the community. Uh, I did that for just under a year, um, moved on. It was a, it was a contract role uh, and then was really looking for anything. I was kind of open to what my next opportunity would be. And then um, distribution, which is a new part of the UK business, uh, was being formed and you know, I I had, and, and we'll get into some of why, but, um, you know, I had the privilege of people just knew me, right? I'd, I'd done great mm. work. I'm really proud of that. And so when distribution was being formed, my name started to just kind of dance around. People didn't know I'd left the oh. business. They found that I had got in touch with me and said, would you be willing to come back? We really, you know, we, we want to uh, create a comms function to support distribution. And we think you, you're you the best person to head it up. So uh, that was about a year ago now. Uh, so I've been back in the business for about a year doing that role. How lovely must that feel that, that, that you've left the business and they're like, we want you back. It um, is nice. Yeah, can't, can't yeah. lie. <laughs> but I earned that, true. Jack. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. No, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. But it's still nice in. to have that feeling, right? To feel wanted. For sure. For oh, sure. Well, thanks for sharing. I think the uh, the premise of our conversation today is that we, we've connected previously when I used to work at HSBC. And um, I know you do some really great things within the organisation. And it's, it's Black History Month and I wanted to have a conversation with you about how 
how you felt about black representation, about these conversations that that not just me, but other people are having about black representation. I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on that. It's an interesting it's an interesting one. Right. So it, there's such a journey. And I, and I, and I only want to focus really on like the last five years, because I think the impact of where conversations have gone around particularly the black employee experience has changed so much in that time <laughs> even though it's such a short space of time um and with every moment with every you know revolutionary moment around inclusion diversity representation there is always some kind of big thing that happens there's always a big pivot right you know in the 60s in the US it was the um the civil rights movement you know what i mean in in the 20s it was like this massacre in tulsa there's so many things that happen that that make people stand up and say actually we do need to change this thing right even if we've been going in a certain way for so long and i'd yeah. say that with with black conversations talking about the black community and our experiences you know we had george floyd now as someone who and as you know I, i've worked in communications my you know my entire career communications marketing um but I've also been heavily involved kind of side of desk at first and then eventually you know when I started to call the shots a bit more I said that has to be part of my role but certainly in the early days <clears throat> I was doing <clears throat> excuse me a lot of work on my side of desk to kind of support ethnic minorities support women the LGBT community really really involved in the DNI agenda and I that was when I say early on in my career I'm talking like my second job that's when I started to get involved in in, in this and um you know i remember when we talked about ethnicity and honestly businesses just didn't care i wasn't it wasn't important i was you know being having this comms background meant that i really knew how to amplify the message and so actually often i would go in to ergs or you know or communities or, or whatever it was and be like right here's the way that we're actually going to get people to listen and 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 it did change things in certain, you know, I, I can look back at what my time at CBRE, corporate real estate organization, you mm. know, that had an LGBT community that wasn't really doing anything. And I just came in there and said, like, this is how we're going to change it. This is how we're going to make it impactful. And and it just soared after that. Right. Um, it, it, I remember with ethnicity in particular, when I came to HSBC and I, I was heavily involved in the ERG, it just wasn't anything. Nobody, you know, we were doing everything we could to get the business to care. And it was just really falling a lot on dead ears yeah come mm. then we get to and I, and I did a lot of work right I came in you know same kind of thing I was like right your comms function doesn't work this is how we amplify the message this is how we can get things moving but it was still always kind of trying to push against this closed door and then 2020 comes around and everybody has to pause and suddenly something that happens quite often unfortunately um which is uh, you know, law enforcement causing pain, harm, strife, death upon, uh, you know, black citizens for numerous reasons, suddenly everybody's now paying attention, right? You know, mm. I, I remember where I was, you know, when, and I think a lot of people do, right, when when they saw or heard about the murder of George Floyd. And I remember, you know, my husband, uh, you know, a black man could not watch it. It's like I just I can't see this much. There's all there's too much black pain for me to 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 actually sit and and pay attention to this. I remember feeling quite similar. It took me a long time before I, I could ever even watch the video, and I never I've still never seen the whole thing. I, I refuse to. Um, but I say that to say suddenly not only is the business listening, but now they're begging. You know, so suddenly it's like I, I'm I'm finding myself being a lot more popular. 
you know suddenly it's like wait oh Fumi knows how to talk about this topic Fumi knows and because I, I I had that duality of being a comms person as well you know being an articulate person as well mm. as being someone who actually is living that experience and also well versed on how to talk about it because the, the, all of those things actually I think worked in my favor at that time but also not in my favor because there's an element of well I I had been saying a lot of what I was saying for a long time and, and you and I think what was frustrating for me was that you know the proof was in the pudding they knew it too because why would my name start to come around if you didn't know mm -hmm. that I had already been talking about this topic you wouldn't know mm -hmm. where to find me and suddenly you know that was the case and I found it, it got all the way to the top right so I at the time I was an engagement manager in our procurement function um and the and I didn't really know anybody in actually group comms even though I was doing a comms job uh, just just by way of how the structure of the business was yeah, and suddenly yeah. I've got group comms getting in touch with me even worse still telling other people within comms it's for me that's talking about this like it's like I was suddenly being a spokesperson even though up until then you know they were happy to silence me and so so but but I you know I also I'm you know and I think that comes with being a comms person you do recognize like right okay fine I could say well actually no I'm not going to be your spoke person I'm not going to talk about this I've I've been talking about it this whole time you guys are on your own but I'm not going to do that because ultimately I'm not thinking just about myself I'm thinking about yeah. actually what do our black employees need they need the business to speak and if there is nobody who can do it I'm going to have to do it. And so I'm finding myself writing talking points, writing, you know, comms to the business, writing comms from embrace to the business, you know, um, which I was, yeah, and it was good. It was, it, it, it allowed the business to finally start to move in that direction. And suddenly, you know, we now have targets for black representation. Uh, I was heavily involved in, in us getting the data to be able to do that you know so I'm kind of in the background supporting the teams in in, in um you know creating comms campaigns for that and then also you know I'm I when it when I think when the dust starts to settle because it, it made me very busy of course because by the way you know I'm doing all this I still have a day job that does not involve yeah. you know of any of this yeah. so I'm having to balance all of that so so I remember getting to a point where you know burnout was very much on the horizon towards the end of 2020 I won awards for it you know I, I'm, I'm a, lots of I think I got like an unsung hero award because I, I was always in the background doing a lot of this stuff even though people knew my name you know I wasn't really speaking myself I would just get I, I had a strong network so I'd start to bring people in I would externally as well as internally but I was kind of always in the background like, or, you know orchestrating things yeah um yeah. which 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 was great but obviously a thankless kind of job and then I started to realize that actually I need to be I'm also a black employee who was experiencing you know lots of unfortunately discrimination and, and also you know ultimately you know we talk about at the start like oh you know they brought me back etc etc I was doing great work like you know as a comms leader I was exceptional and and as a as a DNI activist I was also but I wasn't getting a promotion I was nothing was coming from that right except the business getting accolades really uh and I started to think about like my own career in in that sense too and um mm. you know and, and I I actually managed to secure a role in in the group comms team I remember at the time and um and work with a lot of the board um actually through that role uh you know I ended up writing our ethnicity comms framework for the business and yeah so it did it did I learned how to kind of help 
navigate it but ultimately that was also part of the reason I left because I did all of that and I still wasn't getting promoted and I thought well actually you know I, I can do better than this I you know I've got to be the driver of my own career but I say all that to say I think the unfortunately we're starting to go a little bit backwards whilst I don't I, th- I see so much value and there has been so much change I think sometimes people are too quick to say it's rubbish again. You know, we're basically back to 2018 or whatever. I really don't agree because I think actually one of the the most positive things that came out of that is we are, you know, well, like I say before that, where we were talking all the time and it was falling on deaf ears, it doesn't actually fall on deaf ears anymore. It's not, it's, it's, I think it's a lot harder for people to shy away from this discussion, even if they don't want to have it. And most people don't want to have it. But, but, you know, I feel like before I, I have many, you know, examples of me talking and, and we're talking physically. I'm not even saying like I'm writing something or I'm doing a call. I'm literally having a one to one conversation and, and someone dismissing me for different reasons. I've had, you know, white women tell me, oh, I'm a woman. So I get it as if like I'm also not a woman and and don't feel any kind of discrimination for my gender as well as my race. But I had that, you know, I came against a lot of that or it's just like, you know, are you, you know, maybe making jokes like for me, are you passionate about race or something? Do you know what I mean? These kind of things. But but I, I've, I feel that there's a seriousness that has come from from what happened there from and I and it all comes down to people being you know pausing and and realizing okay where do I fit into this I'm not I'm not somebody who's gonna you know kneel on Mm. on a black man's um neck until he dies but does that does am I absolved because of that maybe not maybe there's something that I could be doing maybe there's something because ultimately it comes even down to the way that you know that specific police officer I, I remember I'll never forget it like his um uh, his his argument in court, some of it was kind of something around the the thoughts of, oh well, you know, I didn't I didn't know it would be like a bad thing, and I always I think about that because really what he's getting at is I thought we were all killing black people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I didn't know that we should even care because everything I've been taught and everything I've seen suggests that we don't, and I think that that has changed. However. I still have issues with talking because I feel like it made sense in 2020, even 2021 for us to be talking because we we weren't even having the conversation. So it's like, right, okay, now we're having it. And now we're having it. We're recognizing that there is a lot more work to do in this space, that this isn't, you know, a, a post-racial society that, that we all thought it was. Um, but now it's like, it's been three years and now I, you know, I'm in a space of, if we're not seeing action, what are we actually talking about? Now we're just talking so that we don't do anything because actually action is a lot harder than talking. Uh, and so that's where I, I, I have some challenges around some of these discussions at the moment. And then also just the fact that we only have them, you know, on, once or twice a year, once in Feb, because that's when the US have their Black History Month. Yeah. And then again in October, you know, for us in the UK, I think there's another country, don't, don't quote me on it, that has recently started their own Black History Month as well. But ultimately... You know, I talk about inclusive leadership and and race throughout the year, but I find that I'm the busiest in October. And that in itself is also a problem, right? Because black issues don't actually stop from November 1st, nor do they stop on March 1st. They they persist throughout the year and we need people to be listening and acting throughout the year so that should we still do that? Should we, you know, this is a moment to celebrate. This is a moment to have black 
uh, voices at the forefront of discussions, great. But so that we have something really positive to say in terms of how I how things have changed since the last time I did this, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And this is why I, I want to. This is the message I want to get through to a lot of the listeners is that I, I'm, I'm spotlighting these podcasts with some fantastic people are doing some really great stuff. Um, but the reason for that is I want people to take stock and think, OK, what is our strategy and what are we doing to support our people and our company all year round? Not now. Absolutely. Um, and this is something that I think we even need to get better at is making sure that we're having these conversations on a more regular basis. One thing you touched on there about your um, your experience when when the incident with George George Floyd happened, I I never forget this. I was I was at HSBC and had some black friends in 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 my in my team and asked them how like, are you okay? And as you can imagine, a lot of the answers were no. Um, but going to comms, that nothing came out from our team, mm. and I I I had to push to say we need to say something about this and like put our stance down and say look we've got a zero tolerance to any racism discrimination prejudice we've got a zero tolerance and we we just have to get that message out there and tell people that this is our stance as a business we do not accept any of it yeah um, but to me it was slow like it it should have already been done i shouldn't have had to try and push for it um but maybe that comes from and i don't know i don't know the answer this is a rhetorical one but maybe it comes from people not knowing what to say or what the right thing is to say um which i think that's part of it for sure i i definitely agree i think i think some of it is definitely just not knowing the right thing to say but Mm. i just think and, and and this is it right that you know when you're in comms you can kind of see it from two sides so I do see it from the side of okay you know they don't know what to say so they want to be careful but then on the other side you know what I mean the reason you don't know what to say is because you haven't been paying attention yeah, uh, you're not having conversations regularly literally and, and so and and this is kind of goes back to some of what I was saying I was like well actually there have been colleagues in HSBC who have been telling you this for months and years there have been so many other incidents like George Floyd that we have spoken about and said you know and but but it's just in this moment now you're like oh right I do have to say something but I'm just now realizing I don't know what to say and and so that's where kind of for me it's like well it's not really good enough because you you should have always been paying attention and if you were and and I say this you know to listeners as well you know uh, I, I'm trying to challenge, but it's not, I'm not, of course, I'm not pointing a finger, but I am challenging because yeah. that's important is, is you all need to always be paying attention, right? Because yeah. uh, we don't, we can't wait for another murder for us to realize, you know, the experiences of, of women, of people, you know, of color, of, you know, the LGBT community, you know, who are the LGBT community really need our support right now. Right. You know, if you're not paying attention, you may not even know that, right? Mm. That that we are in a in a moment right now where where they the persecution of particularly of of our trans brothers and sisters is 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 unreal. Uh, but again, if you're not paying attention, you don't know, and 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 we don't want it to get, you know, somewhere awful. But that it, we can't wait for that before people no. start to act and and that's my and that's my issue even with that it's it's yes you're right you know maybe you don't know what to say but 
that should be if nothing else the biggest call to arms to say right actually if i why don't i know what to say you know that have conversations i need yeah i need and i need Mm. to immerse myself you know it's not just about tapping you know a black person on the shoulder and asking them about their experience it's about doing stuff like this right listening to a podcast where you are hearing um you know these kind of conversations going on and i i immerse myself right i i'm a, i'm an ally for example i mean we're all allies to someone i'm an ally to the the disability you know disabled community I, i'm an ally to the lgbt community and and because of that i make sure that i'm immersed in in the things that they're talking about and doing as well because in the same way i don't feel it right to wait for disaster to to come before I start to pay attention and care it's like I actually and and as part of that I need to care about their culture I need to understand what yeah. it actually means to live uh as much as I can right you know uh, as as these kind of people because I know for example you know I know I know for a fact that that um that's how you start to to really be an active ally because you then you know what's going on and it's not just about when things are awful you also know when good things are happening right you know when you can be celebrating people um or, you know or, or communities or whatever it is uh so yes yeah, so i think it's just important that we we realize that you just you never stop you know mm. it's not it's not a tick box exercise you can't just listen to a couple of podcasts and you know get it, it but but you you know, it's the subscribe so to one. Do you know what I mean? Action, if you subscribe yeah. to one, exactly. You know, yeah. even, even then, then it's something you're doing on a weekly basis, a daily basis. Yeah. You get, in, you know, and with time, you start to actually understand. And so then, do you know what then happens is you can go and have a meaningful conversation with a person of color that you know where you're not just saying, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, this awful thing happened. It's like actually, I kind of understand some of this topic, and I can have like a much more meaningful conversation I might even be able to enlighten you on some of the things that I've learned um and I think that that's I I I think that's probably more productive because the other thing and I think that you know some of what you even said there right you know you're asking you know some of these black colleagues like how are they feeling and most of them are saying like not great a lot of I certainly black men in this time you know you you can really see yourself and and most black men in the UK will have experienced some kind of prejudice from law enforcement my husband born and raised in London can't count how many times he's you know had a stop and search meanwhile completely outstanding citizen has never done anything illegal in his life but he's used to you know having policemen stop and search him right so there's lots there's lots where they can see they watch something like that and it's like that could easily be me that could easily be my son that could easily be my brother you can't always voice that you can't all you can't sometimes you see something like that and you've got nothing my husband just couldn't speak like it wasn't a uh a situation where he had you know he couldn't have a conversation he couldn't tell people i was feeling good or not because he didn't even know how he felt however perhaps actually he you know if somebody had come to him after doing a bit more research about after learning a little bit more and came to him with a question that was maybe slightly more meaningful slightly more getting into the the throes of it maybe even talking about like the real issue behind this you know perhaps he might have been able to engage in that kind of conversation in fact I say perhaps he definitely was because I'm I was having that with him um there's some people that that have done some things on this previously so uh, a friend of mine Sebas Williams uh, same same time (laughs) um as he done a campaign a few years ago now called 56 black men oh yeah um have you heard of it yeah i have yeah 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 but uh so basically uh, i'll ask all, all the listeners google it 56 black men 
and uh, you'll see 56 uh, black men in hoodies all got the same sort of photography but then you get to understand that not every everyone's different right and yeah. you can't you can't sort of tarnish everyone with the same brush um it's a really really powerful campaign i, I recommend uh, people to go and have a look at that for me i want i want to talk to you about a lot of our listeners are going to be sitting here listening and going well i've got a full-time job i can't be getting involved in dni practices or involved in the dni strategy or part of erg groups because i haven't got enough time all of these uh reasons but you're living proof of it, right? You don't work within a DNI team. You work in a comms team, but you're heavily involved in DNI. What can what can our listeners learn from your experiences? That's a great question. I mean, I'm I'm not saying everybody needs to live the way I do, right? You know, part we've got you know we want to be honest. Part of the reason I am so heavily involved, and and a lot of my passion comes from my experience, right? You know, living and working and and walking around this earth not just as a black person but a black woman and not just as a black woman but a dark-skinned black woman and all that comes with that for me that really empowered me to want to support other people that look like me everything I do and that and that and and again obviously having that comms background is also about amplification it's also about making sure other people feel good about themselves and are able to kind of shine their light right um and so that's 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 a lot of my I guess that's a lot of my motivation. But it doesn't mean there is no in between there. There is there is there's like me doing like spending my work day doing this as well as like adding more hours to make sure I'm supporting on action on, on ERGs or DNI work, right? And there's people who do nothing. And I think there's this this in-between space where most people should sit. And I actually think that you you'll find that every organization every community will benefit from everyone sitting somewhere in the middle and i guess it's in terms of like what that could look like practically some of the stuff we've already spoken about right okay you what do you do for fun incorporate something new in that so oh i like to uh i don't know i i watch true true crime dramas go and find Mm -hmm. the ones that are actually focused on black issues and see what you can learn watching that so you're actually bringing it into your entertainment you know I mentioned about podcasts go there's so much I mean I myself have challenged myself this black history month because I listen I listen to a lot of podcasts and say where I purposefully go for things that you know not necessarily me so like I said I listen to a lot of LGBT podcasts and again so that I can understand and be immersed in that culture I, I listen to a lot around um you know disability and things uh and black issues of course uh, and entertainment, right? And so I said, okay, you know what, this year, I'm going to do like, I want to learn about more br- Black British history, you know, and Spotify, I didn't even ask them, they sent me a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and so I was just picking an episode as I'm driving to work or whatever it is, and just learning things and, and then and then having discussions, right? So, so here's, so, so my parents uh, are first generation Nigerian immigrants came to this country in the late 80s, worked their way up. Now they live in Dubai, uh, you know, and, and, they're not really into black issues themselves. You know, it's very different when you're actually from a, a country where everyone is black, like your experiences are going to be, my parents are very different. Their experiences of life, very different to mine. 
and I had a, I, I had a catch up with my dad recently. And I think that day, you know, maybe I was driving home and I called him. And then at the end of the conversation, I was like, oh, you know what? Tell me something interesting you learned this week. And he told me his thing. And I told and then I told him my thing, which was a black history thing. Right. So it was uh, uh, learning about a a specific, um, uh, really revered person in history. And I won't say the name, but but, you know, you might be able to go and do a Google um, who actually was one of the first slavers in the UK <laughs> um, but he's he's well known uh, for essentially uh, ending the war well uh, well yeah just not letting the Spaniards win in a Spanish Armada war so that's what he's known for in the UK everybody loves him for that but actually he's also you know was the first person in the UK to start to get us involved in the slave trade and whilst we're not involved in a sense that we necessarily had slaves although that's also up for debate he kind of did it in the sense that he would buy Africans and sell them to the Spaniards. So it's like we was we was in the UK, we had our hands very much in it in a way that a lot of people mm. don't know about, right? And so I told my dad that and he was so fascinated and you know, and it led to a discussion. And I say that to say, that's just because I listened to this random podcast, you know, that morning. And I had there one learning and I had something to talk about with him. You got you can do that with your family, you can do that with your friends. You can do that with your colleagues. It's so easy. I say that and 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 I all of those suggestions mean your life doesn't even really change. Like you, you know, if you're talking about time, this is just taking out something that you were already doing. So if you're it's a podcast you regularly listen to, you because you can give mine, they don't go anywhere. You can always just go and listen to the old thing you're listening to. But today I'm just gonna spend half an hour, one hour listening to something a little bit different and seeing how that expand my mind and seeing if there's somebody who, you know, that when I catch up with them or whatever, that I might want to bring that conversation to. And just like that, you're infecting other people. And that is really important. Mm. I think that's, that's great. There you go. I think everyone's got a little bit of homework here. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's something after this podcast that you can go and do. But, but on a serious note, it is that easy. If you really want to, go and do it. If, if let's not talk about it and say, oh, I really, I really believe in diversity and inclusion and representation. What are you doing? Look at yourself and think, what, are you, what am I actually doing to sort of help this cause? So thanks for sharing that. And one thing I wanted to talk to you about was and it's something me and you have had a conversation offline about is is, is being action oriented. Mm. And that's something that, that you're doing within the projects at, at HSBC. Right. And can you just tell the audience a little bit about how you're taking action? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so there's quite a few things that I do. Um, I, I'll focus, to be honest, on a few specific things. So, yep. some of the the more general things is stuff like this, right? You know, if I depending on my time, you know, I'm very busy, of course, but I will try and make time to speak on black issues, black experience issues, DNI issues, as much as I can. Especially now that I'm a leader, I really see the importance of me being hyper visible in a way that perhaps, as you know, I said before, I was winning unsung hero awards. I, that's not going to happen anymore because now I'm singing, right? And, and part <laughs> of that is because I just recognize how important it is that for people to see me in a way that it was important for me to see others when I didn't, right? So yes. I, I kind of, it's my way of kind of being the change I want to see. But then in terms of some really specific things right now, so so the first thing I, I'd like to call out is Empower Her. 
this is a program that myself and 15 other black women in HSBC started. Um, we're talking maybe six, seven months ago. We launched it last month. It's uh, it is us really. Uh, and by the way, these these 15 of us, we all came off our own uh, leadership program, an executive leadership program called Solaris. Uh, this is this is not an HSBC program, though we had an HSBC cohort on it. Uh, we had we had Barclays, we had Computer Share. It's also this amazing community of Black women that are high performing leaders, uh, and it was a transformational program. So many promotions have come out of it. So many people starting businesses have come out of it. Like it is genuinely has changed all of our lives. So a big shout out to Yesinde Hoffman. Um, uh, who was who was the Solaris program leader? And, and once we came off this program, we were so energized, and we were like, right, there's only 25 of us in HSBC who've done this. How do we get more Black women moving through the business? That was the point of it. That's why HSBC sponsored us to be on this program. It was to move to create Black representation and senior leadership. But we were 20 people. Even if we all got promoted in senior leadership, that's still not enough. So it's like, right, what can we do? And so we started this program and it's a mixture of coaching circles, of masterclasses, of fireside chats, of mentoring, of sponsorship, of this uh, and it's a curation for 90 women in the UK, 90 black women um, across the UK, across numerous grades to support them, create, helping them, first of all, create a community amongst each other to have that safe space to create that psychological safety so that they can grow mm. uh, and then supporting them personally right those of the 15 of us were all coaches uh, I myself lead on the communications I also have written some of the program we've written the program by the way we've had endorsement all the way to the board to do this as well as um, real support from the board uh, uh, in order to, to pursue this uh, and as I say we launched in September it's going really really well uh, and I can really see how we're also going to transform these women's lives and you know I, I see this being this huge legacy program that we continue and, and through it we just keep moving more and more black heritage women through the business so if, if there's any time to talk about it during a black history month celebrating our sisters um, I am super excited to to rave about empower her uh, and the the other thing so as I say Black History Month, I'm speaking on lots of panels and things like that. So I've got a great one. I'm speaking to GSK in a couple of weeks, uh, to their to their uh, early careers teams. I'm speaking to, um, in at HSBC, we're doing a joint event with DLA Piper all around social mobility. And, and you know, uh, when, when you intersect black with anything, it honestly, it makes it worse. And so same thing with social mobility. If, you, if you're black and you also come from a lower socioeconomic uh, background, which by the way, is most likely, that's what statistics tell us, um, you know, it makes life even harder. So I feel really, really pleased to be able to speak on that topic. Uh, but one particular event that I'm, I'm really proud of is a black business event, which is happening at the end of this month. Uh, and we are bringing in in, uh, 90 black female entrepreneurs into HSBC to pitch for a cash prize, a couple of other prizes. There will be a panel discussion. Um, we, we're bringing in uh, different organizations. So NEO, uh, who run a program, uh, an accelerated program for black female entrepreneurs uh, are coming in as well. This is a really, really exciting opportunity. Different parts of the business have come together for this event. So, um, and when it got brought to me originally, you know, it was kind of like, oh, we're going to do this great thing for the community. And I, I immediately thought, nope, how can we also use it as an opportunity to bring business to HSBC? This isn't what I wanted and, and what I really wanted to get across with that is that 
Black History Month, black employees, black customers, we aren't charity cases. Do you know what I mean? We're not here always to just talk about woe and, uh, you know, <laughs> to, to share negative experiences. And sometimes actually we're customers. Sometimes the black pound is actually the important thing, right? We're, we, we work at a bank. Uh, you know, ultimately, if there's any place that money talks is where we're at, right? So I felt mm. really privileged to be able to kind of showcase Black entrepreneurship through this event. Uh, I'm working with some amazing, talented, again, Black women who are, are putting this event on. Um, well, yeah, really, really excited for it. And as I say, it's an opportunity, as I say, for us to recognize the importance of the black pound and black entrepreneurship and i also personally believe that through this we can help the business recognize the importance of black employees because the that is the only way something like this happens is 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 excited it is enthusiastic it is action oriented black employees coming together and saying we need to do something you know to support black female entrepreneurs and and, and that's what we're doing so really really excited about that wow this, I'm, I mean, I, I can't stop smiling because I'm just, I'm just really happy. It's really nice to hear, and I'm hoping there's some people that are listening to what you're actually doing about taking action. You're taking the ball by the horns. You're, you're, you're doing stuff, and you're really going to impact a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that can learn from what you're doing, and not just as an individual, as a group um, at HSBC. So brilliant i really wish you the best of luck with with all those projects it sounds really Thank exciting you. and uh, i know that it probably wasn't easy for you to put those projects together being in a big corporate it's hard right yeah trying to trying Lots to get everyone tape. to sing off as oh it's really difficult but, but well i am really, tenacious well let me tell you something <laughs> uh if there's if when i get involved in something it's like right if either we're gonna do it or we're gonna do it <laughs> so um, the minute you know I got Fantastic. involved in any of these things, it's like right, we're we're gonna go for it because you know it's what it's what the people deserve. I genuinely it's, believe that mm. it's what needs to happen, and you need yeah. people like you who are uh, sort of breaking down those barriers because there there are barriers in in corporate sometimes, right? Well, mm. that, that brings us to the end of the podcast. I, I want to first of all thank you uh, for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Before we finish, we've got a bit of a closing tradition. So I'd like to ask you, can, can you name someone within your network who's really inspired you and, and tell us why? Ah, uh, Sure. So, you know, keeping with the theme of celebrating our sisters, I'm going to name some black women, inspirational black women that I know. Uh, there's too many to name. So all of you are, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're and you're upset if I don't name you, you are all inspirational. <laughs> Keep shining your light, you all amazing. But just the few that I want to call out first is Hannah Awanuga, who I think might be on your podcast as well. She's she's uh, just left Barclays and now at Night Frank. Um, she has been inspiring me long before I actually got to know her. Uh, just an amazing, amazing woman doing amazing things. So she works in the DNI space, uh, but she's out here empowering young girls, going into school, supporting people. You know, and she has come through a lot. Right, uh, her story is is amazing and as I've gotten to know her and and, and can now call her a sister I feel really privileged um, for that uh, another lady I'd like to, to call out here is Shauna Roper who is also in the inclusion space at HSBC she's uh, head of inclusion for our functions um, gosh what an inspiring woman you know she started off in our branches uh, worked her way up is now a director 
um, just uh, one of those black women that, you know, when you hear her speak, you listen, you know, and let me tell you something, Shauna challenges me. Shauna will, I will be out here talking about, oh, we need to do this. And <laughs> I'm angry that the business isn't doing that. And Shauna will be like, okay, but how can, articulate what exactly you need. Articulate, you know, she's like, right, we're not going to sit here and talk. If, and even if we are, you need to have the words. If you don't have the words, then nobody else will, you know. So I've really got to give it to Shona. She's she really challenges my thinking. And I think uh, you know, she's somebody amazing to just have, you know, in your corner. Um, the last two people I'm gonna name, a lady named Nadia Minus, who uh works in our, our compliance function at HSBC. Not as well known, I suppose. However, Nadia is a powerhouse. She mentors young black women in the business. She's she's out here really supporting quietly. Uh, maybe in a way that I once was. But she recently has started to, have, to shine her light. She rang the bell at the London Stock Exchange last year. She's doing oh, wow. amazing, wonderful things. And I just really like to call her out. She's she's a sister of mine, also a Solaris sister. I met her through that program. And I feel really privileged to, to know her. And the final person I'm going to name who, yes, she's, you may have heard of her, but she'll, what I'm about to tell you, you won't know, and she'll be upset with me, so I apologize in advance. Oli um, O'Donoghue, who is just a powerhouse at HSBC. Um, the reason, there's lots of accolades, and I won't name them because you'll find them. You, you, she's somebody you can Google and you're going to find, right? Black female MD, first one of us <laughs> to do that. Um, you know, inspiration to so many. But one of the things that Oli does quietly is she mentors, she picks one or two black women, black people, black employees, and she's done this for years, long before she was senior. And she says, right, I'm going to coach this person into promotion. So in her own, and then she says, right, I've done this for you. Now you have to go and do it for one or two other people. She did it for me when I came into the business. I am a success story of, of Ollie's. Uh, and, and she challenged me just like she does with everyone else. So I went, I started to mentor. So I started mentoring many years ago and I continue to do it. I am a mentee as well as a mentor, really, really avid. Uh, promoter of that uh, and that started with Ollie uh, so so I, I, I've got to shout her out for that that's she does lots of things loud she does lots of things you know in the spotlight but it's the stuff that she's doing quietly it's the stuff that she's doing that she doesn't talk about that's where she's having massive massive impact across the business yeah I, I, I've, I've uh, completely agree I, I don't have a personal relationship with Ollie but I think that just speaks leaps and bounds I don't physically know Ollie, but I know how amazing she is through other people. Mm. That speaks a lot, right? So uh, thank you for me. I'm um, some really, really great um, spotlights there for some fantastic black women. So really appreciate you coming on our podcast today. And uh, hopefully our listeners can take away some actions from today's conversation. So for now, I say thank you and uh, we'll speak soon. Thank you for having me. See you, everyone. Bye.